you're all experiencing the same feeling and emotion about writing and being a mom. And it's very hard to explain to anybody outside of that realm. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these mums write. Hello mums, happy Boxing Day. Today is a very special episode because I am very excited to share that it is the one year anniversary of These Mums Write. I started this podcast because I wanted to help mums pursue their writing goals and dreams. And it's been such a journey. I've met so many incredible people along the way and I'm so grateful to you right now, you listeners, for being part of it. According to Spotify, These Mums Write is in the top 20% most followed podcasts and the top 15% most shared globally podcasts. And I have you to thank for it. Every time that you share a link with a friend, you are making the dream of helping mom writers become a reality. And to thank you, I am bringing you a very special episode today. And to show you my gratitude, I am bringing you a very special episode today by teaming up with another amazing mom writer and podcaster to share what we've both learned about writing through our podcasting. Heather Baylog is the host of Bookshelf Banter and the author of over a dozen books, including women's fiction, rom-coms, and cozy mysteries, and she is also a mother of two. In today's show, Heather and I share our top five lessons learned from talking to amazing mom writers like you. Please welcome Heather Baylog. Hello, Heather. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, our double podcast. Yeah. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for coming on my podcast, too. (laughs) For our listeners, today we're doing a little bit of a different format. Heather and I both have podcasts about writing where we talk to a lot of moms. We're both writing moms. Heather has written way more books than me. That means nothing, believe me. (laughs) She's being modest. So today we want to share our stories about getting into podcasting and what we've learned along the way by talking to so many amazing writers. Yeah, I I had one male on um, that was a rom-com writer. And I think almost everybody I've had, maybe except for one or two people, had kids and, you know, was trying to balance that whole writing and being a mom and working and all that jazz totally and I love that you identified that because I feel like that's probably the biggest tension point that all of the stories revolve around there's craft but there's other podcasts out there that just focus on craft and there's other podcasts right that focus on like marketing 20 books to 20k yeah but I feel like the space that we're both in and what we felt was missing is How do you do it all when as a a writer, as a woman, as a mother, as a worker, there there just is so many demands on your time and your energy and your creativity? 
Right. And you just feel like I feel right now, personally, like I'm on a hamster wheel. Like I literally just ran in here, put things in, ran, I had to go to the bathroom because I'm not going to make it through a five minutes of a podcast if I didn't go to the bathroom. And that's what I feel like my whole life is lately, just mm-hmm. constantly running on a treadmill and not getting anywhere. And I, I think it's great that the people that you've had on your podcast, the people that I've had on my podcast really understand that um, and they can relate to it and they've given me some tips. And, and I really think that it's, it's a great community. How did you get started in writing? Like, what is your personal journey to how you ended up writing? I wanted to write a book, but definitely having my son really slowed that down. And so it took me a very long time to write my first novel. And I say like my first novel, but like there are many drafts and different iterations and different directions until through that process, I finally finished a novel. For me, it took a really long time. And I thought that's just how it was. You know, I thought, you know, writing during nap times in the car, that just is going to take a really long time. And and I guess a decade is how long it takes. But, you know, when I talk to other moms, actually, like some, there are those of us, maybe we're the slow writers, slow learners, but there are also moms that jumped into it and then just like wrote a novel in three months. That was definitely not me. And I think that's what part of was so discouraging is that when through all of this and, you know, investment of time and money and energy and soul, I put my novel out and I published it independently, the, you know, response was so low that I realized, or I thought at the time, like, whoa, all of that. And then no one really cares that much aside from like a few bloggers that I like basically had to pay to look at. Aww. And so, you know what I mean? Like, so it was for me doing it on my own, I think was the problem because that's how the only path that I thought was possible. And I didn't realize that, you know, there was many resources that could have helped me expedite that and a community behind me that could have helped me, you know, stay enthusiastic and all of that. So for me, because it, I didn't know what I was doing, I was going off all these directions and then, then eventually, you know, got there, but didn't do a great job of like launching it. So then it was um, just a really discouraging experience. And so I stopped writing altogether for like five years Oh until, wow! until again, that hamster wheel. And I love that you brought that metaphor up because there was a point just a few months ago, I was like in my car outside of my office and like, I just physically did not want to get out of the car and go back into my you know day job. I was like, I am just really not happy. I don't feel creative, feel like I'm not showing up and I need to do something about it. And so that's when I started writing again. And then I, that's what brought me to the podcast was I realized, you know, last time I just thought writing, you just buckle down and get your words out. And yes, that is part of it, but 
there's also community building and talking to other writers to learn how they're doing things. I obviously didn't know what I was doing the first time. So if I talk to other moms about how they're you know, juggling all of these things and making it work, then I can learn from them and help others who may be in the situation where I was. I actually started writing when I had a very similar situation to yours where like I was at work and I was having such like, I was like having a career crisis with the person that I like was in charge. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go here. I had always written, you know, as a child. And then I just woke up a morning and I'm like, I'm going to write a book. And I just sat there and yes, I did write it in three months. But however, I knew nothing that I didn't take conferences, go to conferences. There was not really um, a lot of information on the internet. Like those options weren't available. So I was like, oh, great. I wrote a book. Here you go. Here's crap for the world to read, you know? And um, like you, I was disappointed. I was like, this took me far as I was concerned. That was a long time, three months <laughs> of my life of juggling stuff. And then I then I got to a better place in my job and I stopped writing again. And it seems like every time I have that where I'm unhappy, not unhappy, that's not the right word. Like I'm not feeling creative. That's when I pick up the writing again or I'm feeling stifled mm-hmm. in my job. And that's when I pick it up. But the podcast itself, I felt like, okay, you know, I was having a lot of problems feeling creative at the time, like as far as writing was going. So I thought if I talked to all these people, maybe that would like stimulate my creativity and kind of like kick me in the butt to to do it, you know, get back on the horse. And, um, And it did, but I feel like I didn't realize what it would do. It was initially just to communicate with people. But then, like you said, it became a more like a community where everybody was like, oh, yes, I feel like that too. And this mm-hmm. is what I do. And it feels like such a small world when you start talking to other writers, especially mom writers, mm-hmm. where you're all experiencing the same feeling and emotion about writing and being a mom. And it's very hard to explain to anybody outside of that realm. So that's where my podcast came from. And I feel like as it's going along, I'm reinventing myself, reinventing it. I'm having a midlife crisis right now. (laughs) Yeah, midlife crisis all the way. (laughs) And it's the podcast, even though it's another thing for me to be, oh God, I got to do, I got to edit those podcasts. I got to do this. Um, It's still it's like a lifeline at the same time. Like, yes, it's another thing for me to do. It's another stressor, but I don't think I want to give up talking to people about their experiences. And, and that it's, it's inspirational because like, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast that I've just edited, you know, that I've just done. And I'll be like, yes, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, get up at 5.00 AM. I, I don't ever do it, but you, you know what I'm saying? You get like that inspiration that burst of inspiration to be like that person that just inspired you absolutely it's helped me see the possibilities and before I started when I was in that space where I wasn't writing and where I was you know sitting in my car not able to get back into the office because that type of work just wasn't fueling me lighting me up it's given me that energy that I was missing and shown me that you know you feel there's all these walls, but actually they're not as close as you think. And you're not, you do have agency 
and you can find space, you can find time. Yeah. And that's like, kind of like what we learned from like the, the top five things that we learned from podcasting. Oh, yeah. I remember that was one of the, the things that we talked about, about how many people say, oh, I don't have time for this. Um, and how all my guests have told me how they manipulate their time. You know, I had one that was, um, she homeschooled her 10 kids and she still found time to write. So, you know, she was the one getting up at 4.30 in the morning and I was like, hmm, you know, all right. But it's whether that's important to you, what's important to you and finding time. I mean, there's 24 hours in a day. We all get the same 24 hours and you have yeah. to see what is the most important use of my 24 hours. Yeah. Okay. You got to have some sleep there. And, but you have to, you have to look around and go, you know what? Somebody else can do those dishes or they're just going to sit there or somebody else can run to the grocery store or we don't eat. It's no big deal because it's important for me to sit down, get my word count done today. Or it's important for me to, you know, take that course about um, Facebook ads today and other things are going to have to wait because you know what? There's always going to be dishes. There's always going to be laundry. There's always going to be all these things. And unless it's urgent, I put it on the back burner lately. And I like how you transitioned because Heather and I wanted to share, in addition to our own journeys, what brought us here, what have we learned from talking to dozens of mom writers? And that yeah. was definitely number one for me. Well, that, that's me, the segue queen. The segue queen <laughs> even has a segue. That was the number one for you? So I, like about the time? In no particular order, but in the yeah. top five. So to reiterate is that there is, you can find the time and there always is some way to find the time. And if you really feel like you don't have the time, we challenge you to look deeper at, is that really the case or is there something else going on that fear? Yeah, exactly. Holding you back because yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I am now one of the crazy people that get up at 430. <laughs> People getting up at 4 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. I and I will say that what I learned be is that once you get up at five, once you train yourself to get up at five, yeah, then which may be insane in itself, but I, I do really like that time for writing. Then pushing it to 4 30 is is actually easy, even though I know it sounds crazy when you say 4 30, like yeah, it's <laughs> like nighttime hour, still. Yeah, that's still nighttime. That's it's in the nighttime. middle of the night, as far as I'm concerned. I know, but Come I on. just love it. I don't know why yeah. I just love but it. But that works for you, and that's yeah. good. And that's what you that's what you reevaluated when you said, yeah. you know, I have to find time. And you said this is worth it to me more than sleep. You know, I, I'm not saying we should give up sleep because that's that's no good. But we have to like readjust and yeah just go to bed early for me what happened was before that when I that five years before when I quit one of the reasons was because I would try to write at night mm -hmm. and I thought that is what a good writer should do and I couldn't ever do it I couldn't even open my computer at like past nine o'clock and so mm -hmm. that was for me just creating a cycle of guilt right where the now the barrier to <coughs> start a project becomes higher and higher because I'm feeling worse and worse about my inability to stay up late to write. Right. Right. And I didn't even think about writing in the morning. It just seemed weird. It was like, who gets up at 5 a.m.? That's just weird, lunatic. <laughs> but then talking to moms, 
I was like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. I, maybe I could, I tried it. And again, so it was just like that mental barrier that I had created for myself. And so I kind of kick myself now. Cause again, there was a five-year period after my daughter was born that I just stopped writing. And I'm like, oh my God, I could have gotten so much done in that like <laughs> an hour or two a morning. Like, whoa. Right. And a lot of people... I've talked to some people too that talk about like, you know, you don't have the time to break your computer out. Well, you could take your phone out and type on your phone or you could do talk text or something like that. Like when you're sitting there waiting for soccer practice to finish. And, and I, that was a lot of not um, my kids didn't play soccer, but you know, like baseball practice and dance classes, like you're sitting there and you're just like, that's where I'm running away. That's where I'm doing my blog entries. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. where I'm getting that stuff done. Because like, yes, okay, I can't do the 5am thing. I know that's not my time. So you also have to sit around and figure out what is your time? Like, are you better in the morning? And you said you couldn't concentrate at night. Some people do better at night. And you have to like, actually sit down and evaluate where is your, your creative juices flowing the best. Exactly. And some people do, um, writing by dictation in the car. And that's cool. Yeah. I haven't learned how to do that. I think it actually does take a lot of practice and training your brain to think that way. Yeah. But also Siri, Siri does not like my voice. I don't know why. Like she'll make up words that I didn't say. Like I can't even do talk to text for the like text messages. I'm like, she just doesn't like what I'm saying. (laughs) She can be a little bitch, Siri. Yeah, she really can. And I have British Siri too. So she's really... Do you? Jolly good. <laughs> Perfect, right? Yeah. Wonderful. You should do audiobooks for <laughs> I should do really poor British accent audiobooks. Okay, so that was number two actually on our list because Heather and I actually prepared that. So number two on our list was no time is a lie. So let's right. let's jump to number oh, I think that we started talking about number four. So let's jump into that one. So number oh, four. Your energy will be elevated by reaching out and connecting with people you want to be like. So mm-hmm. I think you said that already because you were describing how, you know, when you reached out to people for the podcast, you it was like a lifeline to you. Yeah. And it was like we were all going through this. And I, spe- I think a lot of it was because it was during the pandemic. I don't know if I had started it the year before, if I would have had, if I would have felt the same way about it. Um, but we were all like, okay, we're here, we're trapped with our kids, we're trying to quote unquote work from home or whatever. And we feel like we're never getting this time again. Like that was my biggest guilt trip the whole time. I was like, I'm never getting this time again. I should be writing. Mm-hmm. And I, oh. I think a lot of the people on my podcast felt the same way. And we kind of, you know, gave each other the energy to. A, say that's okay. You know what? If you we're, we're going through a, a crappy thing right now, it's okay if you don't feel like writing. It's okay, you know, if you're traumatized, what whatever word comes to mind. Right. Um, but then you know, you have to you have to have some sort of plan to go forward. You have to start, you know, maybe just start with a hundred words a day, maybe just do five hundred words a day, maybe just brainstorm for a day about things that you'd like to write. And I think a lot of the things that they were saying to me helped kick, like I said, kick me in the butt and get me moving a little bit. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, when you see your, your experiences reflected in other people, right, it's very validating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just say also just connecting with writers and amazing women, like it just lights me up like a Christmas tree. You know, I just have a great conversation and yeah. I feel energized in a way that is, is very different, I think, than anything else. And so uh, for me, that's just like the, the real takeaway there is just how important it is to connect with writers and especially, you know, I think people that are maybe a little bit farther along the path than you, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you really do, you know, elevate your own energy by connecting with someone who's, you know, at a really high frequency and, yeah. And, and you know what else I found too? And it's not just about writing. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not just about like making money. Yeah. I think all of us really truly like to see those numbers go up, like to see those sales because we like the idea that someone is reading what we wrote. Mm-hmm. Someone, we're connecting to someone that we don't know right now. I don't know you know, Judy in South Dakota might be reading my book right now. And somehow I'm connecting to her Mm. and it feels like, okay, this is going to sound hokey, but it feels almost spiritual when you see your KU numbers go up and you're like, someone's reading my book today. You know, somebody has my, my thoughts in their head today. And it's, it's really cool because that's initially why we do it. Right. We don't do it for the money because otherwise we've, (laughs) you know, that's, not working out for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, not at <laughs> But all. I mean, I get so excited when I see like, oh, you know, I made $20 today. I mean, X amount of people now have my book in their hands. And I, I think a lot of the other writers that I talked to felt similar. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest excitement that comes is, you know, what we've been talking about is just sharing the writing process, but when you're able to share your writing with the world, like that's a whole other like energy exchange that is, yeah. is profound. <laughs> and it's very exciting, but, and, and we also talked about, I don't know what was this number five on, on our list where okay, writers, number five. Yeah, was it, well, you can't believe that people are so willing to, I thought nobody would want to be on my podcast. I'm a nobody who wants to be on my podcast. People love to, writers love to talk, which is crazy because we're 99% introverts, (laughs) but they love to talk about their writing. They like to talk about their writing process. They like to talk about what's going on in their head. Um, And and it's just interesting to talk to so many people that have thought processes that are so similar to yours Mm -hmm. and you would have never known. Yeah, I think, and that's a great one because that's even, you know, we're talking about things we've learned from podcasting about writing, but, and this is something that you could apply, like anyone can apply. You don't need to or have a podcast at all. It's mm-hmm. the power of reaching out to someone that you don't know, a writer, and, and, um, and not hesitating to do that because I've had that exact same experience is... I'm shocked at how willing people are to talk to me. And um, I feel like the world, it does make me aware of like the endless possibilities of life because I just read a book and I'm like, that was cool. I'll just, 
I think I'll just like reach out to them and have them on my podcast and nine times out of 10, it actually works. I love it. That is amazing. I, I love that you, I told you that I did reach out to somebody and um, they said yes. And then <laughs> they ghosted me. So I was like kind of broken up about that, but they are a very, very, very popular person. So <laughs> that exactly. Was- and that can happen too, for sure. Like you can get ghosted yeah. Or just ignored. Like I've been ignored too. And that's fine. It's just the same with anything. You know, you got to take that risk. Yes. And, but, you know, again, for listeners, like you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to talk to you. So don't hesitate to reach out. You don't even need a podcast. And I've, right. I've heard that one of my interviewees, like she doesn't have a podcast, but she, when she first started, she just reached out to cool authors. And now she's, like she's in their little club cool she, oh i love it yeah she's like oh and then they just added me to the discord and and it was that simple she said just being persistent but not annoying to like yeah. her favorite author and she, eventually she just came to be friends with them through wow. that interaction so I, it's again it's just don't hesitate to reach out to someone who you are just really excited by Mm, yeah, we need to have a cool author club. We'll have to start that. Okay, we're going to start a cool, cool. author club. So <laughs> you're listening. <laughs> we're you're cool. cool. It's like mean girls, except we're cool. Exactly. And middle-aged. <laughs> Our skin middle-aged is not... mean girls. <laughs> mean ladies. Mean middle-aged ladies. <laughs> you can still be mean. But we're not mean. That's right. We're Oh, but we're not mean. But we could be. Yes, you tick me off, I'll be mean. Exactly. Okay, that was number... <laughs> that was the last uh, one. Was it number five? Uh, five, I think, yeah. Those are similar. Okay. Okay, number three. Let's do that one. Okay. So number three, things that Heather and Jackie have learned about writing <laughs> through podcasting that you can apply in your own life and practice is that everybody's coming to the same place. We just want to create something that inspires. Yeah. And you, you kind of touched on that about the power of senior Kindle downloads. Yeah. And, and not just like I said, for the money purpose, although, you know, that's always nice. Um, but it is so crazy to, to think that somebody's reading your book right now and hopefully enjoying it, but <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't read reviews anymore because like they get you kind of down um so even if it's like a five-star review I don't I don't read it but I know a lot of people do and um it's almost like you want to write back to them but I was just trying to entertain you (laughs) all I wanted to do was entertain you you know I'm sorry you didn't like it the takeaway there is just to not feel like you're different so other writers might be again farther down on the path but know that we are all sharing the same desire to connect with readers and inspire humans, right? Yeah. And get those crazy thoughts out on a paper, you know, or, you know, type on the computer or however you write. Exactly. Like no matter what genre, no matter where you're at in your writing career, it, it really is the same fundamental goal. And that's to like make people, make readers happy and give them an experience yeah. And it's a lot like reading too, because people will do, 
who read it in different ways. People you do audiobooks, people do Kindle, people like physical books, you know, and I think mm-hmm. it's like writers um, do their craft in different ways, but it's all mm-hmm. to just bring one common goal is to right. create and inspire and entertain. And, um, you know, I don't think anybody should be put down for the way they do it. Yeah. If it takes you seven years to write a book, then that's that's your process. If it takes somebody three weeks to write a book, that's their pr- process, you know. Yeah. And we we all go about our creative processes different, just like readers read differently. You know, I don't think an audiobook is any less than somebody reading a physical book. I mean, personally, I think whatever you just your brain is entertained, and that's what's important to me. Yeah. And I think that's also a good reminder because, um, I mean, I did interview a writing coach, Becca Syme, who talks about this a lot that, you know, you can, there's slow writers and fast writers and slowing down the fast writer isn't going to make them have a better quality book and speeding up the slow writers isn't going to help them either. And so I think that's a great piece what you just said there about like honoring that we all come at it from different ways and mm-hmm. uh, but we're all going towards the same goal and so I think like the the real takeaway is just like don't don't other other writers you know we're all in it together and it's okay if you don't do it the same way as someone else um, because everybody does it a little bit differently but we are all like in that shared space Right. And there's always room to learn and grow and improve. And, um, you know, like when I first started, I, there was nothing, there was like the internet was, you know, just, it was a huge IBM computer in a, no, I'm kidding. It's really, but seriously, if there was like no writing groups, there was nothing, yeah. you couldn't really, Facebook was in its infancy and it, it, it was, it was hard for me to learn all these things. And, you know, here I am 12 years later and I'm like, okay, I should have done X, Y, and Z. And a lot of the people that I've talked to did X, Y, and Z right off the bat because they had that experience. They were able to talk to other people. And I personally have to stop beating myself up for not doing it the quote unquote right way straight off the bat. And I think a lot of other writers need to see that, that they need to stop beating themselves up because it's a process. So what? Your first 27 books were crap. You, your, your 28th could be amazing from what you've learned from the first 27, you know? And hello, amazing. You have 27 books. No, I don't have 27, but. <laughs> but for that, that imaginary person, that's amazing. Yes. yes. You, you were able to write that, you know, and it's just about putting one foot in front of the other, one word in front of the other and just getting to your goal. However long it takes you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Would you want to read number one, share number one? Anyone can do it. And there is no one way to do it. See, we kind of covered that already. We did. but Yeah. It kind of reminds me of in Ratatouille when he, he says the fat animated chef from France says anyone <laughs> can cook, but not everyone can cook. And so I think with writing again, anyone can do it. Not, not everyone can because yeah. it does take 
dedication and persistence that anyone can right with those ingredients and with that that you know commitment to 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 doing it over and over and over and putting in the time and the hours and realizing it's not going to be an instant success and realizing that yes. you have to learn as you go along and you know for me that was like you you too you said you were so disappointed after you put your first book out but in retrospect you shouldn't have let that stop you you -hmm. know and that but you still can continue to write and you still do continue to write and and I think that's what separates a real writer from anyone Mm -hmm. you know if you're just keep getting back on the horse. Keep saying, okay, next time it'll be better. Next time it'll totally. be better. Next time it'll be better. Like, like when you're cooking. I mean, I'm a horrible cook, so maybe this is probably not I'm the best also analogy. Very bad at cooking. Maybe it's a writer thing. I really, I'm like, my husband's a great cook. And he, because he like follows the directions yeah. and he's like this and that. And, and he knows all like the cooking rules, like how you're supposed to warm up a pan. I don't know. I'm just like, stuff in there right and chopping and how you're supposed to hold a knife and I think maybe that's that's the connection the writers don't necessarily want to follow all these rules they want to like try a little bit of this and see if it works out try a little bit of that and see if it works out because you know sometimes we'll sit down to dinner that I made and he'll be like you know this is really great tonight what did you do and I'm like no clue (laughs) you know and other times he's like how the hell could you burn a pot uh, could you burn a potato like yeah it's it's like crazy. Yeah, I think I think it's probably fairly easy to burn a potato. But yes, <laughs> I agree. I think um, if you you know again if you if you put in the the time and just like commit over time, and I think that was definitely a mistake I made. Was I thought burning potatoes, burning potatoes, <laughs> but I, I left the potato in the oven for too long. No, but I thought that you know once I wrote that one book, um, that was it, and. I would, things would be different somehow once that book was out there. And I, now in hindsight, I realized that like writing is a long journey and you have to just keep writing and keep trying again. So um, that was definitely a mistake that I made. And again, like when I see people talking about how do I get my book to sell? The advice I'm hearing over and over again is write the next book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because mm-hmm. that might be the one, and it might be when you have a certain amount of books that suddenly they all start selling, and mm-hmm. you know it might be a certain one that gets attention, and then that helps the others. It might be you need to switch genres, and you'll learn that, discover that by keeping writing or change your voice or or whatever. But to not think that it's um it's like a one and done thing, mm-hmm. but just keep keep writing. There's very, very few one and done people like, you know, Harper Lee, one and done, um, mm. you know, yeah, I mean, they like to, I can, can't even name like, like, I feel like the one and dones are like, very, very far and few between, you know, and yeah. I've been listening to a podcast about craft and it's like the, the, the podcaster is saying, like, you know, just because 
you don't want to have that first book make such a splash because the chances of you then being able to replicate that success are very slim. So it's better to grow your craft and to learn as you go and get better, incrementally better at what you're doing instead of, because here's the expectation now. People have the expectation of you up here and then maybe your next book is close, but it's fall short. You should do it the other way around. Just keep writing. Anyone anyone can be a writer, but not everyone will become a writer because it is a long-term commitment. But the I think the, the exciting flip side, right, is that it isn't just this elite group of people that can do it. Moms can oh. do it. Well, yeah. And you can't sit by us. No, I'm, we're not mean girls. <laughs> we oh, are yeah. not that elite group. We are not the mean ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we know. That's all we know. We didn't learn anything else in, you know, how long have you been podcasting? Um, Just since January. Oh, okay. So you've had some amazing people on in the last couple months. Pretty, pretty good podcast. You know, I told you I was binging it. I did not listen to the comedian one, though. I have to listen to that. I really want to listen to that. So she's funny. She's a funny lady. I'm going to have to do that this weekend. And she gave me the sweetest message that her parents never really understood what she did. They just didn't understand her. But when they listened to that episode, they finally got it. Oh, that's amazing. I know. That is amazing. You see yeah. like these little things, these tiny little things, like you making a difference to like, it's one person, whatever, no big deal. You know, like that whole platitude about the starfish, the kid walking on the beach during the starfish back. And the man says, yeah, that you can't save them all. He goes, but I made a difference to that one. And like, that's what you have to take all these little tiny victories. And, you know, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. I think. And what's one thing that has, what was one of those little victories for you? Uh, Well, I mean, like you said, like when you, when you get a message from somebody that was like, Hey, that was really awesome. I really liked what you did. Like in my newsletter, I have this one person um, that's follow, that you know follows my newsletter, and sometimes she'll she'll email me back, and she'll be like, she just lost her husband a few years ago, and she's like, your Amy Maxwell books just cheer me up so much, and it's been such an insp- inspiration to me to read them, and it gives me something to look forward to, and that that's really nice. It's really mm-hmm. nice that you could make a difference to somebody. It's it's just silly little entertainment but it, it makes a difference to somebody. It you know, yeah. changes their perspective or gives them something to look forward to. Yeah. I don't think it's silly unless silly we're using it in a good way. Cause silly, silly is cool. I do like silly. So Heather, tell everyone the name of your podcast. My podcast is bookshelf banter and yours is these mums, right? Yep. Love it. <laughs> And where's the best place for people to, they can listen to your podcast. And they is there one podcast? Do you hang out on Instagram oh. or also some people like, you know, we have our podcast and then maybe yes. there's other spaces that we hang out in. Oh, yes. Um, Facebook is probably best for me because I'm old. And as my children remind me, um, <laughs> it's Heather Baylock author on Facebook. I think it's bad mommy books on, on Instagram and TikTok with like underscores places. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we'll put, we'll both put links to those in the show. Yeah. We'll, we'll put links and we'll, we'll figure it out. What about you? Where can we find you? 
Um, I think probably Instagram and Facebooks. Yeah. We do have a Facebook for the podcast, These Moms right. right? And then, so I'm in that one. And then also on my own Instagram, Jackie Amston. Well, thanks so much for coming on my show. Well, thanks for coming on my show too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know we didn't exactly go through our top five in order. So I'm going to go through them one more time here real fast, including some extra bonus lessons that came up through the course of that conversation. Number one, number one, reaching out to others and building community may seem like just another thing on your to-do list, but trust us, connecting with others and building communities through things like podcasts or Facebook groups will actually elevate your energy and give you more power to do all of those things on your list. So don't discount them. Number two, you can find the time. You just need to figure out when your creative juices are flowing the best. Maybe that's getting up early to write like me or pulling out your phone like Heather in the in-between times to get some words down. Number three, don't underestimate how willing people are to talk to you. If you have a question for your favorite author, maybe you want to interview them for a podcast or a blog post, or you just want some advice, don't hesitate to ask them. You never know who will say yes. Number four, if you're struggling with imposter syndrome, remember that we are all here for the same thing. Whether you are JK Rawlings or Alexandra Potter, we are all here to connect with readers. Number five, remember it's all part of the process. It's okay if your first 27 books are shit because your 28 could just be the bestseller. And those first 27 were just what you needed to figure out your voice and your craft. Do not give up. And number six, anyone can write, but not everyone will. Thanks so much for listening. As I mentioned at the beginning, this show is all about writing moms. And I'm so honored for each and every one of you that tunes in every week to listen. If you are enjoying these shows, I would appreciate it so much if you could take a moment to rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify. I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.